0: Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast.
1: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. We have a fun guest today coming from Hawaii. His name is Zach Cummings. Um, I know Zach through, I went to high school with his wife and then I met him a little bit later uh, actually with some work stuff. I was trying to get involved with some other things that he was in the industry. Um, anyways, a little bit about Zach. He is in the tech world. He is the VP of employer and alliances. That's what I got from your uh, signature in the email, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. He they're from Utah, but he's uh, is able to work remotely. He lives a really cool life in Hawaii. We'll tell you his Instagram later so you can follow along and see all the the fun stuff they do out there. And they have done a ton of real estate. He's they've done somewhere between 50 to 20 home purchases and sales in the I don't know, seven years or so that you guys have been married? Yeah, about seven or eight years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he should have some good stuff to share with us. Uh, so thanks for coming on, Zach. We appreciate you giving us your time.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm always excited to talk about real estate. It's, uh, it's one of my passions. And I think there are just so many little gems that people don't know about uh, when it comes to you know, how, how real estate works and, and, uh, and some
1: of the benefits of of getting into it. Yeah. So 15 to 20 houses, that's honestly a ton to do in that amount of time. Can you kind of, I don't know, tell us about like how you guys started or what led to it? Kind of the beginning.
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, I, I've always been a creative person or at least i i like to think myself myself as creative i I used to do a lot of art um and when i when i kind of grew up uh i didn't have as much time for art so uh we my wife and i got married and we we bought a little condo in in bountiful utah and uh you know i i needed to get my artistic uh artistic juices out and uh (laughs) So we were like, you know what, let's buy it. It was, it was just an old crappy little condo built in the seventies. And, and my wife and I were like, great, let's uh, you know, let's, let's rip this thing apart and and we'll like, you know, try to, try to create something pretty. And, you know, it was, it was just such a fun experience doing that the first time. Uh, I I'm really happy. We started small. We started in a like 900 square foot condo uh, and it, it, you know, it was a big learning uh, opportunity. There's so many details that you just don't know about until you, until you get into it. Uh, you know, I, I'm the type of person that like wants to go all out, um, and my wife is the one that like speaks a little bit more logically and says, "All right, <laughs> do we really need to spend that much money on the granite?" Um, yeah, and, and in fact, that that's a true story. The, the first condo we did, I was obsessed with this resilient granite and there's this pink <laughs> there's this really pretty like pink vein that goes through this uh like really neutral toned gray granite right and it's it's way too expensive for a crappy little condo in bountiful <laughs> and you know it was our first flip or our first remodel we actually still own it it was our first remodel and i'm just like and we gotta get this we gotta get this granite it's so pretty and she was like are you kidding me uh, anyways, we ended up getting it, and I think I think it cost us like seventeen hundred bucks, which is like crazy to spend on on this remodel. I think the remodel altogether cost something like uh, like four or five thousand dollars, and that includes the entire kitchen, bathroom. Oh my gosh, and everything. And and <laughs> I spent I spent like. 30 percent of it on the stupid granite <laughs> that's great but it's held up it's held up for for eight years and i bet it has it's so pretty
1: yeah so that's kind of how we okay. got into
2: it yeah
1: so you were just like buying a first time home fixed it up made it look nice realized you loved it is that right yeah simple I mean, that's on way the, or...
2: that, that's on the remodel side um then uh we we lived in that for about a year um and then when we were moving uh you know i had i had taken a small like tax 101 class when i was in college uh and just like the math of owning rentals really spoke to me um and the the amount of like tax haven you can have with with owning rentals or owning your own business and so i said angie let's instead of selling this thing let's turn it into a rental and and see what that process is like and you know it's it's kind of funny because you hear all of these horror stories about rentals right oh you know I had a, a renter that you know like uh, beat up my walls and like ruined my carpet and mm-hmm. and uh, all this stuff right and it was it was it was a hard conversation because it's like we just put our like love and sweat and tears into this remodel. And so now we're going to go and let somebody else come and live in it. And anyways, we, we said, all right, we'll do, we'll do a six month lease and just see how it goes. Uh, and we, uh, we ended up getting a, a great renter and they stayed for about a year and a half and they were just fantastic. And it was like, we didn't have any problems. Um, and you know, so from there it was like, I'm never selling another house ever again. I'm just, I'm just doing rentals cause it was awesome. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. how we, we got into the rental side.
1: Okay. So how many rentals so, do you guys own right now?
2: Uh, we have four. Um, so we've, okay. we've kind of kept a couple, sold a couple. Um, but we're actually purchasing two more right now in Hawaii,
1: mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Yeah, that's cool. Are they going to be Airbnb short-term rentals or Sorry, Jordan. I keep talking before you. <laughs> You're all right.
2: Uh, we one of them. Uh, we've already got a lease agreement for, um, and so that'll be a, a long term rental. And then another, the other we're gonna we're gonna try out Airbnb. We've never done it before, so we're excited. I hear good things. Yeah. Yep. It's a little hard in, in Hawaii. They've got um, some pretty insane taxes
0: on it and and uh. regulation on it. Okay. So I I'm I'm interested in the financing part because me and my wife uh, we have a similar story where we bought an old I think it was like uh, built in the 1948 and my wife hated the home and I was like oh but we can we can make it into whatever we want and so we took we lived there for three years and we remodeled the kitchen at a terrible time because we had our first baby and we're living in dust and and then ripped all the carpet out and redid the floors and we made it exactly how we wanted. And, and I kind of relate to you where you put all this work into it and do it yourself. And then you're like, all right, well, let's cash out. Uh, and, and my thought was, well, let's keep it as a rental. And we, we kind of struggled with the same things you guys did. It's like, well, you know, what if we get a bad renter and they just destroy what we worked on and, um, ultimately we weren't able to keep that home as a rental because we found basically a, a brand new home that in order to qualify for the financing, we had to sell our other home for a down payment on this home. So I'm, I'm always interested in that because looking back at it, it's like, man, I wish we would have kept our first home and maybe did the same thing, bought a, a crappier home and remodeled it and then keep building your portfolio. So it sounds like you kind of figured it out. What what would you say to people that are trying to do that same thing, buy their first home and then keep it as a rental and keep building? Because I think a a lot of people run into that problem where it's like, how do I finance this? Or um, how do I run a rental or property management by myself? Or do I hire a property management company? So what do do you guys do to keep building your portfolio?
2: Yeah. (laughs) So there are a lot of, a lot of, Details that go into the financing piece. And I think that's probably the biggest learning curve, even more than figuring out how to wire a microwave or, you know, (laughs) uh, install a cabinet or something like that. I think the financing piece is is definitely the the hardest. Um, You know, one of the things we've learned is to not take no for an answer. A lot of times you get lenders that have all of these rules and, and, uh, you know, they get, they get really good at selling cookie cutter mortgages, right? You've got somebody that, that, you know, is on a, um, a W2 and they make X number of dollars a a month and they have X number of dollars in debt. Right. And as long as you can stay under 45% debt to income on your W2 and your car payment or whatever it is, then you're good. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, a lot of times, you're going to be talking to a, a lender, and and they're going to just say like, "This is how it is," and you know, you have to stay in your home for two years, and you have to uh, do all of these things. Um, but what we've really found is, if you continue pushing and you get creative with it, you can get around a lot of the uh, kind of canned responses that you get from from different lending companies. Um, Obviously, finding a good uh, lending partner is is key Um, and setting it up from the beginning, saying, look, I'm going to be doing, you know, a couple of purchases and sales per year. Uh, I I need somebody that will be really creative, really fast uh, and will partner with me. And if you can find the right one, like that makes that makes all the difference. And I take no credit for that. My wife is like she is a machine. I you know we'll we'll go look at a house and uh we'll say all right like we we want to buy it and she has everything just down to a science. She knows exactly what ne- she needs to get to the lender. She knows exactly what the lender is going to request. She knows exactly how to, you know, uh, put the math together to figure out okay, you know, what can we what what cash do we need to put down to stay under the debt to income thresholds. Um to give you an idea, I think the the last closing that we did in Utah, well, let's see, maybe two or three closings ago in Utah, um, she we we put a, a house under contract and got it financed under a conventional loan in eleven days, and that was wow. that was wow. not that was not business days, that was eleven days, um, and that's just oh, that's just unheard of, and part of it is due to working with a good lender. Part of it is really, well, I'd say most of it is due to my wife, knowing the process, having gone through it 20 times and just having everything super locked down. Um, but as far as like the, the math side of it goes, uh, I think, I think people can afford a lot more than they think. Um, as long as they don't have a lot of debt. Um and when I when I talk about debt, I do not mean mortgage debt. I mean car payments, school loans, credit card stuff. Right? If you don't have those, uh, you know, on a little bit of income, you really can afford quite a bit. Um, so we, you know, we we've, we've always tried to, you know, live in a less expensive house um, so that we can, you know, have more leverage there, uh, and, and that's helped as well. But but. Yeah, it's, it's really getting rid of that debt that, that you'd have to pay off every month to, uh, to
0: make it work. So when you That's, say you don't take no for an answer, I, I'm thinking of, okay, do you, <clears throat> you go to one specific lender, they say no, do you keep pushing on that lender like we have this, this and this, or do you guys just go to a new lender because we had a similar situation um, when we were buying this home. Um, they're like, oh, you guys don't qualify. And they, they never asked us how much our down payment was. I think they just assumed that it was going to be 20% or less. And we're like, well, we yeah. have X amount of dollars. And they said, oh, well, that changes things. It's like, well, yeah, why well, didn't you ask yeah. us that? So is that a similar situation where they don't ask the right questions? you say, well, we have this, this, and this, or you go to a totally different lender?
2: Yeah, it's it's pushing on the same lender. I mean, we've gone through some lenders where we're just like they're not the right fit, um, but most of the time it's like, hey, it's not going to work because of X, Y, Z thing. Like you, you know, you're, you're um, I don't know. Yeah, your 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 debt to income is off, and it's like, okay, well, what if before I purchase this house, I get a signed lease agreement that shows that my debt to income is going to be a lot less, right? And, and like you just have to get creative and say, all right, what is your issue with providing the loan to me? Like, what's the obstacle? And then you figure out, okay, how do I overcome that obstacle in another way? Sometimes it's like, all right, well, what if I put more than 5% down on, on uh, my primary residence or what if I, um, you know, what if I bring in a partner? What if I, uh, what if I, um, yeah. What if? What if I? Uh, maybe if if you don't have the funds to go lower, what if you brought in like a gift from uh, a family member? I, I know that we did that uh, when we were really early starting out. We didn't have enough cash, but we had this great house under contract, and we needed like I think it was like five thousand dollars in reserve, or in addition to what we had in reserve, we needed five thousand dollars in addition to that, and. Uh, I was like, okay, well, why don't I just get somebody to lend me $5,000? And i like, well, it, it can't be a loan, right? And I was like, all right, well, what if I have them gift it to me, right? And uh, I can't even remember who it was. it was. Probably one of my parents or brother or something like that. Gifted me five grand and it, and it allowed me to, to purchase two houses. And it's like, you know, sometimes <laughs> it, it, it's mm. as simple as that, right? And, and then obviously, you know, it's like you eat some, some rice and beans for the next month and, you know, (laughs) pay somebody back five grand or, you know, give them five grand back. Right. It's uh, you got to kind of get creative with stuff like that too.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a great perspective because I, I think you have a natural gift of, of maybe being able to do that where the natural instinct for most people is uh, we got told no, you know, we're done. And me and Darren have been in sales where it's like, you got to push past the nose and, and keep going. And I think that, uh, has to do a lot with your success. Um, I was going to ask you something else and I just totally brain farted. I have a
1: question for you. You mentioned your lease agreement. So um, is that something you use on this one you're getting? Is that something that you had to do to make it work? You have a signed lease agreement on one of the homes you have under contract?
2: Uh, no, we, we we didn't have to do that on this one. Um, we've got a really good partner here out in Hawaii that um, that helps us out. It, you know, uh, We're at the point where we have enough cash flow on some of our other homes that it kind of spills over and allows us to gotcha. leverage quite a bit more. So we didn't need to, we didn't need to do that. But that's something that you could do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it really depends on the lender. Some lenders won't do that. Some lenders won't allow you to like use a lease agreement to cancel out your debt, especially if you don't have a track record of owning rentals. Right. But if you do have, you know, a year or two of, of rental income that show, Hey, I'm making, you know, $50 on this rental and it's paying off my mortgage. Like for the last year, then it's, you know, it immediately opens that door of like, okay, they know what they're doing. You know, they have a rental agreement in hand, we're going to make, you know, three or 4% off of this plus a bunch of points, like it's worth it to us. And it's not super risky.
1: Okay, so is there a certain dollar amount that you're looking to net cash flow, when you're looking at owning some sort of a rental? Are you wanting to make in excess of $500 a month or 300? Is there a certain dollar amount for you guys that you have found that's good and safe?
2: Uh, you know, obviously I, I want to net as much as possible. Uh, oh, one, yeah. of the positions,
1: one of the positions I'm in
2: is, um, you know, I make, I make uh, enough money on the, you know, on my day job that I actually, I'm really looking for a tax haven more than, a bunch of uh you know cash flow right and so we're pretty maxed out on our on our cash flow but what that allows us to do is it allows us to to you know uh leverage further because we have more cash it also allows us to to um to take more mortgage interest in our in our tax deductions um so i mean i i i try to break even like that's you know that's a big thing for me. Like, but honestly, I've I've had a couple of lease agreements where like I'm losing fifteen dollars on a cash flow standpoint. But if you if you do the math, um, you know you're 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 making it back on your tax deductions and whatever you're paying your principal down. And then also, you know, with the market we've been in, and you can't always rely on this, but you're making a ton of money in appreciation right? So just owning yeah. a property over time is making you a ton of money. Now, you know, cross our fingers, the bubble could pop and all of that money that I'm assuming I'm making on a really crappy cash flow, uh, you know, could, could disappear. Um, but you know, over the last 200 years, you're pretty safe owning a property for 10 years. If you're going to own it for 10 years and you're going to make zero money for 10 years, like, at the end of it, you you will have made something in appreciation plus whatever
0: you paid down on the principal. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, it's that, a good that, way to look at it. It reminded me uh, of the question that I had because I think uh, a lot of it is your mindset where it's like, okay, you know, if I'm losing $15, a lot of people don't um, go far enough to learn the process or how much money they're going to make or run the numbers. So what do you attribute that to? Because I think a lot of people let fear take over they're just like oh i don't want to buy a house right now i can't afford it and then you know five years down the road they still can't afford it so do you attribute that to just running the numbers and doing your part um like on educating yourself or do you think it's part of your personality or something that you learned uh from your parents or growing up or a book (laughs) or anything
2: uh i think it's a combination of a couple of things um First, I got an accounting degree and uh me too. I, okay, nice. Uh I I've always enjoyed numbers and and analysis uh financial analysis. Um but one of the things that I could never get my head wrapped around was taxes. It's such a complex monster. Um and so I actually uh got a job at H&R Block because they they gave a a Paid three week training. Right. And it was after hours. Um, and they were just like begging for tax accountants. So I actually got employed, went That's through their awesome. entire ta- tax certification and then and
0: got, uh, paid. Uh,
2: and got paid. For it. And, and it was just to, just to figure out how, how taxes work a little bit better. And, and quite frankly, like I'm a, I was, I don't think I am anymore. I was a certified tax, uh, like preparer. Um, I, I would never prepare my own taxes. That's how complex it is. I spent, you know, four years getting getting an accounting degree and a couple of weeks on purely tax preparation. And I still wouldn't do it because it is so, so complex. Um, but it helped me understand kind of the, the leverage that you can use on the tax side, on the cash flow side. You know, how, how does your W-2 work with your LLC or whatever you've got? Um, and, and kind of what, what the, what the benefits are on a tax standpoint. And that was really helpful for me.
0: <clears throat> Whoa. Did we lose Jordan? Uh, something happened, but it says it's still recording. So okay. All right.
1: Yeah. 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 It just I'm like reached out
0: everything you guys just said. Cause I was laughing so hard. Uh, yeah. You were frozen. Sorry. Hmm. Um, Well, I did that in the beginning too, but then I I reconnected and it says it's still recording. So I just, hopefully it it does. We won't know until we go back. But I was just laughing that that Zach went and got a job at H&R Block and got paid to do it and then quit. (laughs) That's genius.
1: (laughs) That's Yeah, that's hilarious. I think the Hyatt, when I I got my accounting degree from Utah State, and I remember when I took, I only had to take one tax class. and. It was,
0: oh geez, am I here? still hear you. Yeah, we can oh, still sorry.
1: hear Sorry, I, I got a phone call and it, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it cut me off. But I remember when you take tests in, in your class and you get the scan results back, you get an email, it always tells you what the average was. And I remember when I took the uh, tax class, I don't remember specifically <clears throat> what the averages were on the test, but they were significantly lower than what I was used to in my other uh-huh. classes, which were already hard. But tax was, tax was a nightmare. And that's when, when I was in tax, I was like, <clears throat> I'm like, dude, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this yeah. for a living. And I'm already almost, it was my last semester. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll finish this up since I'm already yeah. this deep. So just to back you up on that, taxes are, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know anything about taxes, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe, See, maybe. I, feel, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could yeah. teach us a little bit because I don't know what you guys said, but but when you work at HR, H&R Block, what were the biggest things that you learned? And then since then, since you've done your deals, like what is the biggest thing that you could share with us in the audience on taxes that they can take advantage of?
2: Well, it's all about uh, – well, a good portion of it is about leveraging your depreciation, right? Um, w- when you own a rental – or any type of property, you you can depreciate it, meaning you can you can take a portion of the value, um, and uh, it essentially comes out as an expense, right? And that cancels out any of your income, right? So uh, understanding how that works, um, what it'll do is if you're just if you're just cash flowing and just barely, and you're you know, you're, you've got a mortgage up to, you know, 20%, uh, 80% loan-to-value, um, y- you'll be operating uh, at a loss in some scenarios, right? Even though you're pocketing 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month or whatever, <clears throat> plus whatever your principal is being paid, you're pocketing that as well. But on a, on a tax standpoint, you're losing money. Right. And that will actually that'll obviously go away over time after you've depreciated the entire value of your property. Right. But what it'll do is if you if you've got losses on, you know, say an LLC, what what will happen is that will actually uh, reduce your taxable income on a W-2. So let's say you make, you know, fifty thousand dollars working a day job, um, but you lose, let's call it. Uh, you know, five thousand dollars on your rentals on paper, right? What's going to happen is now you owe only forty-five thousand dollars worth of taxable revenue or taxable mm-hmm. income. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. so a lot of it is leveraging that depreciation, um, especially if you're doing remodels. You can um, you can uh, segregate the the different things that you add to your property. So. Um, if I, you know, purchase a new, uh, new uh, perfect Brazilian granite that has the pink vein, right? Uh, you can de- you can depreciate some of those things over time quicker. Um, so let's say I spend twenty grand on a remodel in cash. Um, I can start depreciating those different items that I spent the money on, depending on what it is, over time faster. And so then it's like you can you can take a big. You can take a bigger loss up front because of some of that depreciation.
1: Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it does. So how did you find an accountant that specializes in this? Because there's there's all, like you just rattling this stuff off, like I've already learned some stuff and I'm sure there's so much more to it. You know, you're saying, oh yeah, certain items you can depreciate. So like, yeah, where, where do you go to find somebody like that? Because it that money is worth... Uh, it's priceless to find somebody that can help you with that.
2: You know, it, it's it's finding somebody that is willing to be creative with you. Um, you know, I, like it, it's a hard balance. Like you, you kind of pay, you, you kind of get what you pay for in some scenarios. Um, but if you find a partner, you can kind of work <coughs> with them. And it's not just so cookie cutter. If you go to h Block or you go to like your typical uh, tax prep person, a lot of times it's like they're making a ton of money just cranking out these really easy tax prep um, mm-hmm. uh, returns. If you find somebody that's like willing to work with you and, and understand your situation a lot better, um, they'll either have <laughs> a software or or uh, some sort of documentation that helps them, um, you know, helps them get the most out of out of your your filing. Uh, it's also a lot of research too. Um, every year, the tax code changes significantly, um, and so you got to kind of keep up on some of that stuff. Uh, I'm I'm honestly not the best at it, um, and and I learn new things every day. But it's also talking to folks, you know, that own rentals or that have their own business and understanding, you know, what they do. Uh, for example, I never knew that if you bought a if you bought a work vehicle that was uh, at least six thousand five hundred pounds, it's tax deductible. I didn't know that. I yeah. found that out like last year, and I think it, I don't think it's a new rule. Um, first off, I, I think that's a terrible, terrible tax rule uh, because all it's doing is incentivizing people to buy huge trucks and inflating the price of them. And you can see that it's been highly inflated. But like, you know, if I'm going to go buy a truck, like that's great to know now, right? Um, yeah. So it's talking to people and, and reading and, and uh, you know, making sure that you do have the right tax uh, partner. Um, but in a lot of ways, you, you pay, you get what you pay for. So, uh, you know, if, if you're at a, if you're at a spot where it's like material that you're going to, you know, uh, prepare your taxes correctly, like go and go and pay the money to find somebody that will, will do an
1: actual tax plan with you yeah um Zach. talking about trucks two things um i don't know if either of you have seen one the price <laughs> i don't know if you've seen the price of like a new f350 it's literally insane and number two zach zach's a humble guy he drove around <laughs> dude this freaking red truck <laughs> what year was that so the my
2: my truck uh I call it Little Red. Uh it's cast <laughs> on now, but uh it was actually it was manufactured the same month I was born. Um and okay. I I I bought it at a junkyard for $500 and it ran great. Um but it was I mean it was it was a piece. I mean it was it, it was a beater. Seat. It was so bad. It was so bad. I mean I didn't have a tailgate. I didn't have my my uh my e-brake the the way you release the e-brake is I had tied a rope to my e-brake latch through the engine and you pull a rope through. I mean, it was, it was the worst type of truck. Anyway, I, I used that truck for seven years through all my remodels. Uh, It was a crappy little six cylinder. It was bright red. It was a GMC Sonoma.
0: uh,
2: It's tiny. is tiny. Yeah. And, uh, so the, the crazy thing about the truck is I bought it for 500 bucks. I got hit on the freeway and it bent my bumper like a tiny bit, right? Anyways, I got a tax or, a, or an insurance check for like 1,500 bucks.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> I drove my best investment truck. you ever made.
2: <laughs> it really was. You're never going to buy – you're never going to make a good investment on a vehicle except for that one. But uh, it, it finally gave out. I mean I I would tow – I would tow like 5,000 pounds with that sucker too. and it was a little six cylinder. So I knew wow. it was going to, I knew it was going to give up. And and it finally did. And, you know, we, we donated it, which is another tax uh, haven we got. So that truck made me probably, you know, two or $3,000. <laughs> not Dude, not to mention hilarious. all the, the money
0: you saved on a car payment. I think a lot of people aren't willing to do that because they're, they're nervous uh, about their EO being hurt or being seen in a crappy car. And it's like, man, I think a lot of smart people do that. Like they're not into buying expensive clothes and the newest, latest thing. And perfect example, you bought a $500 truck just so you could basically invest in, in real estate and paid off. I mean, you're, you're saying your profit was what two grand on the truck, but it's probably way more because you were able to buy something that, uh was of more value and put money somewhere else so it's it's completely smart but i don't think a lot of people look at it because they're so into what other people think of them and don't want to be seen in a a a car that is a 500 hundred (laughs) dollar car yeah i mean
2: and look a lot of this credit goes to my wife too she she puts up with a lot of crap i'll tell you a quick little story um about how you just have to make some sacrifices uh for it to work we we were remodeling a house in sandy and you know we had we had some plumbing issue i don't even remember what it was but we got a contractor that came over and said it was like that would cost you 2,500 bucks and i'm like oh i am not spending 2,500 bucks on that and it's like all right zach's gonna learn plumbing right which is not (laughs) right you know talk to talk to professionals but um I turned the water off, you know, so I could fix this thing. And I could not figure it out for like two days. Okay. So we didn't have running water for about two days and we had a wedding at the end of the weekend and we didn't have running water. So we didn't have a shower and, and this was and your house wife, to live in. Oh, we were living in it. Yeah. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we had this little backyard and there were just houses all surrounding the backyard and Angie was so frustrated with me she was like I have to wash my hair I have to wash my hair so uh we had (laughs) this is so bad she's gonna kill me uh we had (laughs) we had just uh outdoor water right and she goes outside she's screaming at me like Zach you have to get the water figured out I have to wash my hair she goes outside you know and and essentially uses the hose to wash her hair and she's. you know, not wearing clothing. And I'm like, Angie, I would imagine people can see, she's, she's just screaming, like, get the freaking water fish. We got, anyways, oh. it is a sacrifice. And and I'm telling you, I'm not the one that's sacrificing. She's totally the, the one that's doing the sacrifice. Another good story is uh, two, three anniversaries ago, uh, we had a painter coming in the next day and my wife is like the baseboard King. She is queen, I guess. She's the best at putting in baseboards and doing the, doing the finish work. But we had this painter that was coming in the next day and we spent our entire anniversary night, like from, you know, six after I got off work to 1030 putting in baseboards. And I remember just like <laughs> looking around with, you know, uh, sawdust all over our, ourselves and just like, wow. Wow. I am so in love with this, with this person. Cause she just, <laughs> she's just sacrificing there with me. Uh, so yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's really what's, what's made us successful finding somebody that's willing to sacrifice
1: like that. So Dude, that's so awesome. I like hearing that because <clears throat> if you rattled off everything that you've done, Oh yeah, you, whatever you have a successful job, day job, you live in Hawaii, you've bought and sold 15, 20 houses, like that all sounds pretty, but I like hearing even more like that side of things where it's like here, there is an ugly side to it. It was hard. I did, I didn't have a nice truck, a freaking rope. I mean, that's gotta be a safety hazard, you know, <laughs> Every, everything about that truck was a safety hazard.
2: I, yeah. I actually, I drove to Tooele. This was before, uh, emissions or safety or emissions were, but you didn't have to get one in Tooele in Tooele County right and we had a property there and I set that as my primary residence so I could go and get the car uh certified without the safety or without the missions I can't remember which but I went to a different I mean it was a it was a wreck but yes it's it's not pretty I mean I I make okay money uh and I drive a a Toyota Scion that I bought for you know four or five thousand dollars and that's the only car we have like you just have to learn how to sacrifice the right things. So you guys
1: have one car. Mm-hmm. Heck, yep, yeah. One car. I was, I was yeah, just going to ask Hawaii, you if just ne- go like this. And <clears throat> somebody picks you up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to ask you now that you guys are like, things are like you're building wealth and stuff. So I was going to ask you if, you know, you, you have nicer cars now, but still same old, kind of the same old situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's great it's a lifestyle. You just got to choose what you love. I mean, I love being in the ocean. I love, uh, you know, being with my kids. I don't love TV. I don't love, you know, uh, having a nice truck and, and like having the, the perfect, you know, keeping up with the Joneses lifestyle. Um, but it's allowed us to, you know, do some fun things. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, show you some vulnerability here. Uh, I am actually in a closet underneath my stairs this is my office so <laughs> everyone you, knows. You have, every, everyone knows now right like i literally tools. Yes, those, those <laughs> yeah. right
0: this is the stif- like, type of stuff we want <laughs>
2: you, you have to learn how to sacrifice um or yet you, you just have to have a ton of money <laughs> it's like you can't you can't you know you can't get by without either so Dude, that's I great. Think is,
0: I think this is great because we don't have a lot of listeners that go to YouTube and watch our videos. Most of them are on Apple podcasts. So if you're wondering what Zach's office looks like and what he just showed us and why we got so excited, go over to the YouTube channel. <laughs> <So> <laughs> is that, or right, go read Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's your life right there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to shift a little bit. So you are – you're always out spearfishing. And I think I even saw you guys, I don't remember if it was your Angie post that you were going to eat meals only that you caught for a certain number of days. Um, how many meals a day are you getting from the ocean? Like one or is it every other day? Are you getting something every day? Uh, it's probably every other day.
2: So I'll give you the, a, an example. You know, I, I woke up at 4.30, started my workday until about 2.30, which is when, you know, in in Utah, that's uh, 6.30. And then I picked my daughter up from school. We went straight to the ocean, and I went and spearfished for four or five hours, right? Uh, And, you know, I I actually keep to kind of a weird uh, nutritional habits. Uh, I usually only eat one meal per day. Um, and it, and I only ate fish yesterday. Uh, so I, wow. I, I, caught a good, a good bunch of fish and I still got some in the fridge, which is what I'll probably eat today. So, uh, after a while I, I did, you know, three or four days on just eating fish and I started to pass out a ton.
1: <laughs> so I'd like stand <laughs> up
2: and I just like drop. So I was like, eh, I probably need to eat a banana or two. So, uh, yeah, I, I try to, I, we try to get out on the water at least, four times a week. And uh that's another thing. Like my wife, like she's willing to go and try stuff that that I think others wouldn't. I mean, we we'll take me and my two kids, me, and my wife, my two kids on our paddle board and we'll go like a mile out um offshore. And I'll go spearfish while the kids are swimming around and diving. Uh and we'll swim with sharks and whales and dolphins and you know it's just uh look, I drive a crappy little scion so if I can go and do that stuff
1: Dude, that is yeah it's so cool I see your little boy swimming around and he I mean he's so little and he can just swim around in the water better than I can it's it's yeah. crazy
2: yeah he's great he went out spear fishing with me yesterday uh he can dive he can dive about 10 15
1: feet wow All by and,
2: and how old is he he's three he turned three last week whoa
0: yeah, That's so, so crazy. I have a three-year-old, and it's like I, she, she, you know, we have a community pool, and she's scared to just get off the first step to go in the water, and like <laughs> she would never go down ten feet or even try diving without crying. But, but listening yeah. to your story makes me, uh, uh, actually, really inspired because me and my wife. So I lived in Hawaii, and then my wife also lived in Hawaii, and our goal was to get back to Hawaii, and our plan was I got accepted to BYU-Hawaii, <laughs> and we were just going to move out there. Uh, we were actually selling all of our stuff to move, and um, I got hit on my motorcycle and nearly died, and so life just got in the way, but it it kind of reignites the fire for me because it's like, man, that's exactly who I want to be, is that <laughs> actually. You know, we've talked about having our kids on the beach and catching, catching our meals out of the ocean. And it's just a lifestyle that not a lot of people get to experience. And once you've been to Hawaii and fall in love with it, it's like the islands just call you back. It's, it's weird. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a special place for sure. But again, it, it goes back to being able to sacrifice, you know, um, my, my wife's really good at it. She, uh she's willing to sacrifice with me. We, we uh, were able to accomplish
0: some other things because of that sacrifice, which is, which is fun. So, so are you guys going to
1: stay there long? Sorry.
0: I'm actually interested in hearing about your and Andy's story, because I think that um, attributes a lot to your success is having someone on board with you. And, and a lot of mm-hmm. times, you know, we've interviewed guests where it's like, I wanted to start my own business. And it was hard sleeping next to my wife because she wasn't on board. So when you and Angie <clears throat> met, like, what what was the first uh, moment that you guys connected? Because it's like a lot, a lot of people, you know, if they're driving in a, a five hundred dollar car, would think ah, I'm never gonna find a, a girlfriend or someone <laughs> that will be attracted to me. But maybe walk us through that story. Like, what what is your and Angie's relationship like? in the beginning and what has it turned into? Cause I'm, I'm really interested in that. Uh,
2: it's, it's funny you bring that up. Cause it's uh it's, it's a very special thing to me and, and uh, as, I'll answer as long as you guys are okay, getting, getting intimate. Um, <laughs> because uh, it's, it's a really uh, like central story to I think me and Angie. So um, when we, when we got married, we got married really really young. I think uh, I was I was 21, she was 22. Um and uh you know marriage sucks uh if 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 you're <laughs> if you're not mature. Uh and and we had serious issues. I mean to the point where we were separated for um six or seven months uh due to just you know typical marriage stuff that that <clears throat> you know kids suck at right it's like yeah how do you be how do you be selfless? How do you you know uh like not worry about some of the little details that could annoy you like people just don't know that until they're a little more mature we weren't we weren't mature enough we got separated and uh you know we considered divorce for for those six months and um uh, what's crazy is so uh I kind of brushed over this detail but that first condo that we bought um one of the reasons we were moving is because we got separated right Um, and so we, we decided like, Hey, instead of selling it, like, we'll just, we'll just find a, a quick solution and we'll just put a renter, renter in there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really tough. Um, but then we, we reconnected and, and just kind of, uh, recommitted and said, look, we're going to, we're going to try this out again and we're going to do it very differently. Um, and What it, what it allowed for is it allowed us to learn how to get over, you know, huge obstacles. And and look, I'm telling you, uh, if, if anybody can come back from a relationship as, as struggling as Angie and I was like, we can overcome anything. We can figure out how to finance a property or figure out how to fix this stupid plumbing issue or figure out how to, you know, uh, you know, get what we want. I mean, we wanted to stay together, but it was so, so freaking hard and we just struggled through it. Um, we went through, you know, therapy and, and, uh, we, we just did a ton of growing and look, I would, I would put our relationship up against anybody's because we've gone through that struggle and we've, we've had to learn. And and that's what allows us to, you know, have real conversations, doing a remodel with your wife, is one of the best like indicators of how successful you are as a relationship, because all it is, is decision-making. It's, it's negotiating what you like and what you don't like. That first condo, I wasn't willing to give up my stupid pink granite. Right. (laughs) And, and now like, I wouldn't even think about it. Uh, A fun game that Angie and I play now is whenever we have some sort of disagreement or uh, you know, like she she thinks something or I think another thing and, and you can verify who's right. We say, Hey, I'll bet you I'll bet you a remodel decision on that. Right. And essentially what we oh, do cool. is <laughs> each of us have certain amounts of remodel veto power. And it's like when Zach wants the pink <laughs> granite, she can say, No, I'm I'm playing one of my veto cards, like we're not doing the pink granite. It's like, okay, you got it. And you just have to learn how to work with each other. And and honestly, it's like due to that struggle, we learned how to overcome you know, the dumb things. I mean, the big stuff is like marriage and being happy. The dumb things are, you know, pink granite or quartz. Right. And yeah. so we've overcome the big thing. And, and so now the, the little things are, they just seem so small in comparison.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, man, thanks for being so real with
1: us. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was, I was just going to say that leads. Like, I love that. No. Our, I did too. We don't, there's not many, Instances where we get that intimate with people, but that's really what we're shooting for on the podcast. Because when people get intimate and vulnerable and open up, I think that that's when people really learn <laughs> from them. Um, we're we're about on the hour mark, and so me and Darren uh, basically we started this podcast to do three things. Uh, we're obviously newer to the real estate world, so we figured uh, let's start a podcast. We we love listening to them, and we talk to each other about a certain episode that we listen to so the three things that we always want to do is one educate people which I think you've done a fantastic job uh, with taxes to flips to you've made me want marriage. to start a marriage podcast now <laughs> no but I think I think stuff like that is super important to get into I know it's a real estate podcast but there's so many other factors that go on in people's lives and the more we can open up and be real with people, uh, the better. And then the other one is to inspire. As we keep doing this, the education and inspire seem to intertwine more and more. Um, I think you've inspired me personally to, to dream again of making it back to Hawaii since my accidents, like, man, maybe we're just meant to be here, but Hawaii is such a special place and we want to create something special for our kids and memories that most kids don't have. Um, so I, I thank you for inspiring me personally. I'm sure you are going to inspire a lot of people that listen to this. And then the last one is we want to connect with people. Uh, You're in Hawaii, we're in Utah. It's really early where you're at. And luckily we have the technology and the means to connect with you. Um, It's really hard because people are so busy where we get to block out an hour of time and, um, you know, me and you didn't know each other before this, but it, it's like, man, I feel like you're my doppelganger or something. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, he's my twin. So it, it's, it's always, uh, when we have good guests like yourself, it, it always boosts, not just me and Darren, but I imagine the people that listen to this and, um, we just want to say thank you for, for taking the time and, um, we always like to invite our guests back to kind of see where they're at, maybe six months, a year. I'm sure we haven't hit nearly anything uh, as far as your knowledge goes and your experiences. So um, yeah, we just want to say thanks. Darren, do you have, have anything else to say? No, that's it. Next time. I don't know if you're still making it back
1: to Utah at all for work. So uh, let let us know. I'll take you out to lunch and,
0: yeah, we'll have to go diving or something. Yeah. Yeah, Salt Lake.
2: Why don't you guys come out to Hawaii and we'll go out, we'll go, we'll go do a podcast
0: on on the paddleboards or something. Yes. Oh, I'm all yes. I'm on that. That would be so fun. <laughs> Real quick, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you or anything, uh what's a good Instagram, TikTok, whatever you do, where's a good place to reach you?
2: Uh, you know, I I'm not the best on social media. I've got uh, an Instagram account. It's called The Cummings Goings. My last name's Cummings, so The Cummings Goings. And then if you just search my name on YouTube, you'll you'll find my YouTube channel. Uh, you know, uh, happy to happy to connect again. Uh, if if uh, if you want to do a marriage podcast, I've always wanted to write a book <laughs> that is how to how to like uh. Fix your marriage with remodels. I'm telling yeah. you, like it is, it, it's a million dollar idea. So if you still, hey, I'm okay. all
0: in on that because I, yeah. I think your story of being separated for six months and then being able to come back and and then have all the success after is a very very rare story. So <laughs> I think you, know, you know it is a million dollar idea. Just telling your own story because um, I think people are so natural to just run away from. Hard things, and in in that moment with you and Angie, uh, it would it would have been so much easier to just walk away from it all, and you didn't. And you know, now looking back, it's always easier to look back and see what comes of it. But um, there's not, I don't think there's any marriage that doesn't go through a hard spot. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm actually super glad that we talked about that because my parents went through through a divorce and it hit home. It's like, man, I, there's not a day I don't go by. Like what if my parents would have just stuck it out? I mean, I'm sure it was hard. So um, I appreciate you being open and honest. And, and I say this all the time, but I think you're one of our favorite podcasts, but it's, it's like the, the newest podcast is always our favorite because we just get more information that we didn't have before. And me and Darren always feel on fire after, after we do these. So. Well, that's great. My my soul is filled. So thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a good one.
0: Yeah. yeah, And uh, if you have trouble finding Zach, we're going to link his uh, YouTube channel in the description so you'll be able to find it there. And if you need me and Darren, we're at Wasatch Wheeler at Wasatch Wilcox. And Zach, we'll talk to you next time. And hang loose out there, my friend. All right. Talk to you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you.